against a couple some ball in towards Shushayeta back off the post Mogwa for MacArthur a quite remarkable story the only podcast focusing on the MacArthur Bulls, the A-League, and all things football. I'm joined here, as always, with my brother Daniel. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. United Merseyside derby, Liverpool getting up 4-1, absolutely dominating the league. Yeah, funny you mentioned about that. I had to confiscate a phone in my class. watching it. Yeah. What's a Merseyside, Merseyside derby? Surely you just chucked it up on the screen for me. No, no, no. It was four minutes left. And it was already 4-1. I'm like, there's no comeback. There's no more goals going to be scored. It trapped up. They're like, fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a week to be a Bulls fan. Yeah, it's gone from crisis mode to jubilation. Um, it definitely wasn't what I was expecting this week. I know we tend to you know, go on the negative side a little bit. Um, and when, I thought, I thought when we looked at the lineup, yeah, it was yeah. a little bit like, oh, fuck, we could be in for it here. But uh, Ante knows what he's doing, obviously. And a bit of... Magic, maybe a bit of luck even going our way, and we've run away with a victory. We now own Cogra, so pretty fucking good. Add it to the list of yeah. places we own. That's right. Um, but even on the podcast last week, I thought we were a bit um, ambitious, saying to all. Yeah, it, on point of reflection, like, I was walking into the game thinking, oh, you know, can we really even score two goals against Sydney? Can we keep them out? Can we keep them less than two goals? Yeah. Uh, but apparently we can. You know, clean sheet. Sydney weren't really at the races, were they? No, um, they were awful in front of goal. <laughs> I think it's been a theme for them uh, this season, actually. They're yeah, they just they can't get that clear open opportunity. It's just a lot of half chances for them, mm. um, and yeah, we made them. We made them struggle. Yeah, we we really uh, made them work for it. And even when they could get it into the final third, there was no clear cut opportunity. Um, it was just them working it down the wing and. With the tall timber we had in the box and also some really good defensive uh, midfielder work from Charles Mumbler, uh tracking back all the time, you never felt it was really a threat. Kurtov was solid. Uh, there was a couple of times where, you know, maybe he could have held the ball, but, you know, overall, pretty happy with everyone's performance. And um, it's what Ante wanted. I saw the post-match press conference and he was talking about how um, he's had to try and fit all the personnel in. Obviously, we've had a lot of turnover. Um, but he was talking about how we shipped 17 goals in pre-season, which is not a good way to start the season at all. Yeah. So he's had to transition to that sort of back three or back five system, whatever you want to call it. I think it ends up realistically being a back three because our win-backs only come back if there's that overlapping uh, right or left yeah. back on that side. When you see it like on the weekend where, you know, we're 1-0 up, it's, you know, the second half we're playing to not concede. So definitely it's sort of... In that back five, it's one person going out to the ball, and it's pretty much just four centre backs because everyone's just squatting in through to the gap. Um, which you know, it did the job. Yeah, you got to play it in the conditions, and we didn't expect to have it all our own way against Sydney. They are a quality side. Um, there were large portions of the game where they had possession, and we sort of just um, 
you know, let them have it in non-dangerous areas. But when it was being advanced, we were right onto them. I think there was some excellent midfield work, as I said before, about Charles Mamba. He won it at the edge of the penalty box several times and just got us out of trouble. Um, you know, Lockie Rose was immense from the pressing up front. He really initiated it. And um, as, like we were letting him have it at the centre-back. Yeah. But as soon as it went wide, Lockie was like, right, you're not getting back to that centre-back. It's forcing it in the midfield where we had that. Numbers dominance. Yeah, as soon as they play that ball into a centre mid, or a winger, or a striker, our, you know, we've got one player just right on them up their back, giving them a little nudge, and yeah. then we run so many balls just off of, you know, those loose first touches that Sydney had. Mm. Um, Moody, especially on Kemp Sober, like that's a tough ask for him. Yeah. Um, to come in, but he played brilliant. I think yeah. he showed him down a little. He showed him down a lot. I think he bullied him in some yeah. instances. And like. Heaps of times throughout the game, Moody would just, right as Kemso was about to touch it, just give him a little, you know, check in the back. Yeah. Put him off balance. And then that's when Charles and, you know, uh, Tommy Orr are able to get on the ball and then quickly find De Silva or De Villa. Yeah. And that's how we want to be playing. Absolutely. And it was, I was surprised. We actually went away from our slow possessive style. Obviously, we did it when we had to, when the boys needed a breather, when we wanted to recycle the ball and keep it. But we were much more alive to the transition. Um, you know, we said so many times the released ball from, especially Devere. I know that um, Lockie scored the goal and he was, you know, really great across the park. But for me, Devere was our man in the match. Every time we had the ball, he was holding onto it. He drew a foul. He was almost never dispossessed. Yeah. Almost never gave the ball away. He's the kind of guy you want on the ball when we're moving from that defense into attack. And he released a couple of, you know, good opportunities or good counters. And if we had been a bit more ambitious maybe we could have played those balls in a little earlier and and uh we're away but yeah we we certainly looked calmer in defense than i've probably ever seen us oh yeah for sure like it, for some reason it just looked like we had so much confidence i think when you won your up you sort of get that boost anyway um but even before the goal like it was really back and forth and then once Lockie Rose scores yet another goal uh, we'll talk about that soon, but you know the goal just really let us like settle and say like okay, well we don't have to rush anything now. We can just play our game, and then we saw it with you know usually some games our centre backs are a little bit suspect in terms of distribution, <laughs> but Uzcock I thought was good. Shuznyar was you know doing what he usually does, able to progress it. They weren't holding on for onto it for too long and getting dispossessed or anything. They were able to, you know, spread the ball nice and wide to Moody or Craig Noon. Mm. Craig Noon played brilliant as well. Yeah. Um, might I add. Yeah. Um, solid. And um, yeah, it's just we looked so much more confident than Sydney out there, like which is odd to say. You know what I think it was? I don't think Lafondre was especially pressing hard. Yeah. And even when he did, it wasn't necessarily met by Cam Sober or others coming up because we had the numbers advantage in the midfield. They're waiting for that ball to come in. Jovanovic only has to look up and go, oh, I've got space I can go into. Cool. And then you've got uh, Najar and Noon who are pushing high and wide, sucking the likes of Cam Sober and others back, and then they can just drop back in and receive it at feet. Because they're in like a 4-4-2, and yeah. that formation just goes up perfectly against it because every single space to occupy is taken by yeah. us. Like we've got someone everywhere. I watched the replay. I don't know if you noticed this, Daniel, but every time it went into the midfield or even out wide for Sydney, any time they advanced it across halfway, it was almost like 
we had two people to every one person that they could pass to. Yeah. You know? And it wasn't necessarily we were closely marking them. Of course, certain players like Ninkovic were, were marshaled really well. But it was like, yeah, we'll let you take your first touch, but after that, you're turning around and you're going back. We're not going to let you advance the ball. So I think as a whole team defensive performance, probably one of the best we've ever done. Um, and it's it's really promising signs because, you know, early in preseason, with all the results that were coming through, you're thinking, are we actually going to be able to keep a clean sheet this season? You know? Yeah. Um Shipping three and four each match. And even against Wellington, there was, you know, some shakiness. Shakiness. Um, but I think we can probably discount that to, you know, the change of schedule. Um, I mean, yeah. It's just like... It was a good result. As we talked about yeah. last week, it was a good result to get uh, after everything that happened. I mean, even Kurto, he was only out of quarantine for a few days and then he got food poisoning and he still played. Like, you know, he's already given a lot to the club. Yeah. And, and he did it again in this game. Like... The amount of times where they'd be, because Sydney, like, they're great at getting it into those positions where they can put the threatening ball in, but then they just can't find anyone, yeah. like, in the box. But there's a lot of times where it's like a 50-50 for Curto, and a lot of times he couldn't catch it, or you think maybe he should have, but he's at least slapped it into, like, the right area, away from any Sydney players, and then we're able to clear it and then hit him a counter. Um, yeah. So he's doing terrific, I think. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going great guns. I wanted to ask you about um, Tommy Lawrence and me. We sort of smashed him on the pod last week about not being able to find a pass. Um, but I think he stuck to his job really well. Didn't stand out or nothing, but did his job well enough. Yeah. Um, do you think that's a, a place that Ante wants to see him put in? Well, I think he can, he can do a job there, I think. But you'd think Liam Rose or... Martyrs are more accustomed to that role. Yeah, even Jordan Much, who was absent on the weekend. Yeah, apparently he had a hamstring uh, sprain, so right. I heard, on the coverage after I watched the game. Sprain or strain? Either or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we, 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 I thought we would miss him because uh, he's such a you know strong player, can put his foot on the ball, recycle it. He never looks like he's under pressure, even when he's you know being bared down upon. Um, so I thought we'd miss his sort of calmness and presence in the midfield, but um, Tommy went in there, did a job for us, and actually, you know, put in some decent balls, had a decent shot at one point. Like, you know, he said in preseason he couldn't shoot. I don't know about that. Yeah. He's telling fibs. He's telling fibs. He's too modest. Yeah. Um, also, I saw that uh, when Urich came on, the game really changed in our favour. Now, yeah, it was pretty late on. Um, Sydney were probably pretty heavy-legged trying to get the ball forward, and... Um, I thought they were really missing the presence of Luke Bratton. Like, with the amount of possession that they had, if they were able to get him on the ball, he, he can find a pass from 60 yards. And um, I think they were just missing that cutting edge from someone like him. Uh, we kept Ninkovic off the ball. But when Juric came on, I thought he was a really good uh, outlet for us. It, it really mixed up how we were playing off of our goal kicks. Uh, when Kurt had the ball, he could actually go long and sort of trust that at least Tommy will compete yeah. really strongly with it and, and be a nuisance at the back. And... Um, yeah, I think he'll be a really big asset for us up front. We want to just change the game up and, and especially the way we want to play some of those balls in. Yeah, because he was only on for something like 10 minutes. 10 minutes. And there's still two or three times where you see how easily he can bring the silver or the VA into the game just by, you know, those quick flick-ons. Mm. And, you know, just giving those two more space is just going to pay dividends. Pay dividends, yeah. Um, so definitely excited to see what he can bring 
who can eventually, when he's starting, get in the full 90 under his belt. Um, yeah, but you, you can see he's lacking a bit of fitness, but you know, with time, I'm sure he'll come to the side and, and he'll improve his work. He nearly got on the end of an excellent piece of work from Jake Holman, um, as just blocked in the end, but uh, that brings it up as well. I, I think Jake Holman is really demanding more minutes with the way he's coming on and playing. Yeah, because he came on in the 85th minute, so he got you know, 10 minutes of running and instantly, first touch of the ball, he just absolutely skins Ryan Green. Just a little body paint, lets it run through his legs, dribbles down the byline and picks out Juric perfectly, but um, the Sydney FC defender got like a perfect block on it. Yeah, I think uh, I saw from that angle, because that's right where the active support was seeing it from. Um, Craig Noon was at the back post with his hands in the air and like cross it. But I think I don't Holman think, chose the right option there. I don't think he could have. It would have been like an impossible ball to get to Noon. Yeah, it was or, like really deep. Or even if he does, Noon's probably having to take a touch and then the moment's sort of gone. So yeah. I think, yeah, he definitely chose the right option there going to Tommy. Um, but yeah, just some of the touches he has, the the dribbling, the chance creation, I think he's warranting, you know, a bit a bit more time. Now, it's obviously hard with the type of players we have. There's many players who are similar to Holman uh, and he is on the younger side, so maybe you want to nurse him through. But I think, you know, he's starting to show and demand more of those minutes. And I think hopefully on the weekend when we play against Central Coast, he'll get some more minutes. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see him, you know, maybe if De Silva's not you know, lights out against Central Coast, then, you know, 70, 75th minute, Holman, come on yeah. and just go to work. Then that 3 nil up, let's make it 4. Yeah, exactly. We'd love to see it. Um, yeah, he's a dangerous player. Hey, it just, I, I love it when he comes on, he just makes all these tired opposition defences look foolish. Yeah, you know, hey, even if they were, you know, first minute of the game, he'd still make them look foolish. So. Hey. Um, but yeah, such an exciting player. Yeah, um, one to watch for us. But yeah, I suppose we should talk about the goal, you know. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we did win 1-0, in case you've been living under a rock in Campbelltown. Um, and Lucky Rose is in fine form. Yeah, he's in he's in dreamland scoring at the moment. Um, and it's, yeah, you have to say it's deserved. He's popped up in the right spots. He's done a mammoth amount of work off the ball. I think he sort of learned a lot from what uh, Derbyshire was doing for us last year. Obviously, Derbyshire towards the end of his career still putting in that work, but maybe he's a bit more effective than Derbyshire in that initiating the press and he's done it really well. I mean, there were so many times where he'd just be the man shutting down the angle and then Sydney have put a bad pass in and it's gone out and it's been out thrown in, in a good position for us. So uh, those are the little things that really make the difference and he keeps turning up in the right spots and it really paid off with the goal. Uh, worked down the right-hand side, De Villa riding the challenge really well into De Silva who, you know, we haven't talked about him too much, but that was a real moment of just class. Like, yeah. just the first time touch in the gap, straight on the plate for Lockie Rose, and he could do nothing but but score. Yeah, just pure, like, you know, reaction in the moment. Just, oh, Lockie's there. Get a foot to it. Get a foot to it, flip it on on a plate for him. Mm. And he, uh, he ended up. Yeah. And we, we didn't mind as well the, uh, the little FIFA celebration in front of the cove, the thumbs to the... I'm saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Let them know who you are. Um, but yeah, you know, lucky, terrific game uh, overall. Mm. He had that chance towards the end of the first half as well. He, um, I think he, he absolutely skins Red Tray. Yeah. And then I thought, like, 
hits this shot so powerfully, but it's sort of right at Redmayne. Either side of him and he's in danger there. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, he's just popping up randomly with nutmegs. So I think Puyo taught him a little bit last <laughs> season. I'm seeing elements of all the players, even um the way he skinned Retray, like you could see he had all, like when he came to MacArthur FC in the first instance and he was sort of chucked on very green, just like do what you can some. And you could see he had all the step overs and stuff, but uh, the defenders were often just sort of waiting him out and then stepping in when he took his touch because it was often quite heavy after that. Yeah. But I, I see a touch of the Societas about him where he's able to, you know, faint, faint, step over, take the right touch when he's made the other player go. He's just added that little something to his game. And, you know, it's not going to come off every single time, but we love to see him try it. And um, when, it, when it comes off, it looks brilliant. And, and he's definitely one who's on fire for us at the moment. Yeah. I, I think even in Burich's full fitness right now, it'd be hard to displace him in the side. Well, yeah, I mean, he scored four in three games, hasn't he? Yeah. So right. that's that's form you don't take that player off. Exactly. And we still have Al Hassan Torre yeah. chilling on the bench. Like yeah. Chilling at the bench. If those three are just fighting pure competition, we're going to get a lot of goals out of those guys this season, I think. Yeah, I, I would... Be surprised if Al Hassan wasn't at least on the bench on the weekend. I think he might get some minutes, uh, particularly if we're in a good position. We're up. Um, obviously, he joined the club a little bit later on uh, in preseason, and maybe uh, we don't know what the story is. He could be uh, still fighting for fitness or whatnot. But um, yeah, on his day, he's a very dangerous player and someone we could really craft into, uh, you know, a real attacking threat. But of course, we got a dart of attackers, and it's really up to the defence and. Um, we actually added to our defensive stocks uh, in the midweek with the announcement of Adrian Mariapa, who was previously a free agent, but of course made 216 appearances for Watford across the Premier League and the Championship. Um, he signed for them as a nine-year-old, played till he was 25 with them. Went Jamaican off, international. Jamaican well. international. I think he played in the recent World Cup qualifiers he as did. well. So. Yeah. Robin Schultz with Triori. Yeah. On is it Troyeri or Antonio? Antonio. Antonio, yeah. Leon Bailey as well. Yeah, Leon. We love a bit of Leon Bailey. Uh, but no, uh, Mariapa, he's done it all really in terms of world football. Um, had stints as well with Reading and Crystal Palace and also Bristol City. And uh, now 33 years old, um, he was let go. You know, his contract expired during COVID. And of course, there's a lot of players who maybe a little bit older, um, you know, taking up a bit of the wage bill for these European clubs who really rely on the ability to travel around. And of course, uh, we know how COVID affected football in that way. We couldn't get fans through the gate. So of course, they were looking to reduce their outlay. And uh, it was fortunate for us. He was he was willing to come to Australia. Yeah. Um, and I think he just adds so much experience to our current backline. You know, whether or not he will start every game, um, I'm not sure, but um, like that wealth of experience, you can't turn down. Yeah, it's just su such a good opportunity to really, you know, work with Ante and the rest of the boys, and just you know hammer down to get that defense sorted. Yeah, I mean that's exactly what you want in those positions. We were thinking at the start of the season we're a bit light in a few spots, um, but Mariapa is that defensive, you know, centre back who will be able to compete for us and, uh, you know, work his way into the side. And, um, you know, I was watching this little podcast because he did a bit of a, you know, interview on that when he was on free agency. He's talking about how, um, 
you know, he bases his play off of uh, Carlos Puyo because he's not like a especially tall centre back, but he's just really tenacious and aggressive, willing to get in there. And um, you know, I don't think there'll be a question over his fitness as well. You think, you know, twenty twenty, he's been late, like pretty much laid off. He's got this free agency for the first time, but he's very hungry. I saw um, he's been, you know, training every day basically, according to him. And um, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I think he'll come in and and really boss the league. Uh, it is full fitness and, and full of hunger. Now, look, I can't say I've ever seen him play, but in the 15-16 season when Watford were last in the Prem, I'm pretty sure, I did have him in my fantasy league team. <laughs> and, you know, he was solid. Um, <laughs> I but, remember him playing against Arsenal and it was one of those ones where we just couldn't score a goal. Well, yeah, typical Arsenal. Typical Arsenal, trying to lock it in. And uh, Marietta just, like, got in the way of everything. So he's quality. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Obviously not prem level now, but still just off of that. Like, yeah, I you think can't ask for much more in A League. You can't expect a player to come like straight from Everton to yeah. Macarthur. Like Championship or League One, I think he can easily put in a solid effort. Yeah, the I question is, and I don't think this will be him, but you see a lot of uh, internationals come here at the end of their career, and they look at it as like a bit of a holiday. You know, um, Sydney's a nice place. And if Perth, the end well, of the Perth is a nice place called <laughs> storage. <laughs> oh, we have to talk about that, don't we? Well, apparently it was all a lie. Yeah. It just wasn't fit. But it's so strange because Tony Sage, um, he's the COO or CEO, something like that, of Perth. He's literally jumping on Twitter and he's a bit of a loose cannon, like bikes from the hip. Uh, and he's slagging off Daniel Sturridge saying that the reason he didn't play on the weekend against Western United was because he was sore or felt he couldn't contribute after a four-hour playing round. God, he's got to get used to it, doesn't he? I, uh, like the antics off the pitch with Sturridge are quite hilarious, but it would just be peak A-League <laughs> if Sturridge just didn't score a goal and yeah. everyone's hyping him up. Yeah. Because like, Sturridge is class. Like um, Liverpool fans. Yeah. yeah. I'd love him to score, you know, buckets of goals, except for against uh, the Bulls, but it'd just be so funny if he didn't score yeah. and just like really played. You could do your after, after he gets an assist, maybe. Yeah, after all this hype. <laughs> uh, that would be funny. Um, so that kind of wraps up our, our talk on Sydney. Well, there's a few other moments um, I'd like to fire off, I think. We had that penalty shout. Craig oh, yeah, how can we not talk about that? Craig Noon absolutely robbed of the penalty. Um, clear yeah. as day. Yeah. Minkovic sticks his foot out, and mm-hmm. it's one of the ones where, you know, you stick your foot out across them, and they've got nowhere to go, so they run into it, fall over. Yeah, Stonewall. Stonewall pen all day, but, you know. Because it's Sydney. Because it's Sydney, because it's Minkovic. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't know it. I didn't know. I mean, he's from Nikovic himself has probably won like seven or eight penalties that way. Yeah. Um, I think he knew because when you're a defender and they've just gone down, you're more telling them to get up or like, no, no, no. But he was straight to the ref, like, no, didn't do nothing. Yeah. Um, and that's a dead giveaway for me. Like, yeah, a little bit lazy. I think overall, what you could say about Sydney is, and, and we've been thinking about this for the last few years, they've been such a strong club for such a long time and they've got some good youngsters coming through but they've definitely just relied on their more experienced players nothing wrong with that but towards the end of their career their bodies do start to take it takes a toll on them 
Yeah. Um, they're not as fit as often. They're not as sharp as they once were. Um, I wonder if Ninkovic uh, and the likes of like Bobo, uh, who didn't feature actually, um, Lafondra as well, relying on those sorts of players. I don't know if it's paying off for Sydney, and we could see them maybe this be the season where it all falls apart for them. Yeah, because well, Ninkovic is not young. Yeah, like thirty-seven. Jeez, I thought he was thirty-five. Yeah. Just looks so disjointed mm. as a striker pairing. Like they weren't totally haven't played much together. They were not linking up at all. Mm. Um, which you know, great for us. But then Wood comes off the bench for him, and he had two pretty decent opportunities to score. One was like a, you know, he sort of got past Sujana, hit the side netting with a powerful shot, and then one Grant crossed in for him, and he sort of fucked his lines a bit. But yeah, I think. The problem for Sydney was, yeah, the disjointed attack with uh, Buhaja and Lafondra. I think they're both a similar type of player. Um, obviously, Lafondra, a great finisher, fox in the box. He adds a little bit when he drops off the shoulder um, to sort of get together in the build-up, but um, he's not you know, beating anyone who's a decent defender in, in the air. Um, he's not out-strengthening anyone. And, like, you know... Uzkok and Jovanovic and Sushniar, they're big dudes, strong guys, and uh, they just bullied them. I mean, that's that's. I think that's the one word I would use for our defensive effort was we just bullied Sydney FC. And um, I think you can definitely tell the likes of Buhaja. He's 25, I think, now, but he's had two really long-term injuries. I think one was a knee injury, one was an ACL. Um, and it's just very clear to me that he's not the type of player that we thought he would be. Um, I mean, he still has potential, obviously, but he's not got a whole lot of experience in the league either, given that, you know, he's that, at that age, but he's been injured almost, you know, constantly. Um, so it becomes really difficult um, for them to get things going. And we just, again, as, as I said, we believe them. Yeah. Good win. Uh, three points takes us up to fifth fourth. or fourth, even better. Time to second. Yeah. And, and uh, Sydney wallowing away in 11. Yeah. And, yeah, we went bullpen, uh, away day, bullpen. It was just great scenes, especially at the end where at um, Nestrada Jubilee, all the fa- Sydney fans have to walk past yeah. you to get out of the stadium. That's class. So all these Sydney fans are just walking past and we're just waving. Giving them eats. There's what this one bloke was trying to... <laughs> oh, <laughs> He, yeah, you just got to take the L when it's there. Like, you cannot defend your side. He was just coming past being like, he's reinvented yesterday. He's a fucking shit. All this sort of stuff. And we're just telling him, you know. One nil. Yeah, one nil. One nil, mate. Yeah. You can't talk. Yeah. So beautiful. We love to see that on a away day. Definitely do it if you haven't done it before. Next round of Jubilee, winning away and giving it to the home side after they have to leave right past you. Nothing better. Yeah. And... Well, there should be another away days there soon with yeah. the FFA Cup tie. Yeah, we can do it all over again. It bodes well. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sydney looking ordinary, looking like we're going to take them on all over again. Thanks for listening to Bull Banter. If you're as passionate about the MacArthur Bulls as we are, you won't want to miss any of this season's A-League action. And the quickest, easiest and best way to catch every game from every angle is with the A-League Live app. 
Search for A-League Live or Sportsmate in the app or Google Play stores today. And enjoy the rest of this week's episode. Um, that turns our attention to, speaking of FFA Cup, the Central Coast Mariners. They featured last night against Wongong Wolves. Um, and it didn't really go well for them to begin with. They're our opposition on the weekend. We're playing at Penrith against them. Um, but home game in Penrith. Home game in Penrith. Don't rate that. Yeah. Hopefully it's a one-off. The members, you just scan your thing and... Yeah. yeah, it should be the same as it was on the weekend If for anyone who travelled into the city um, for the Sydney game. Just scan your membership. Um, yeah. they, do, they need to make it as easy as they can for people to get in because I'm not confident we're going to have a massive crowd. Oh, yeah. Can't expect a big crowd, especially, you know, it's already a bit of a trek for the Mariners to come to MacArthur, let alone mm. another 40 minutes to Penrith. Yeah, 45 from Limia. So, I don't know, it's a bit of an effort, yeah. but you should do it. It'll be a good, good chance. I mean, it's close to the Newcastle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Panthers is, is, you know, pretty class. So, if you miss West, Panthers is pretty good too. Bit of Apple-Dolls. Yeah, we don't mind it. <laughs> but uh, no, Central Coast Mariners up against the Wollongong Wolves on Wednesday night and uh, it really didn't start well for them. There was a bit of a fracas in the box. Um, yeah, the centre-back for the Wolves off the free kick went up and Birigidi's collected it. But, you know, centre-back having only eyes for the ball has just misjudged it and ran straight into Birigidi and he didn't like it at all. Um, while the guy was still on the ground, he's bowled the ball away and just, like, given him a shoulder. And the rest picked that up and... Uh, yeah, they've sent him off for it and given Wollongong a penalty. So Lachlan Scott, who was getting called as Lockie Rose for like the first 20 minutes of the game. Was he actually? Yeah, he was. Was it like Mariners fans like Gene him up? No, no, no. It was the commentator just fucking up. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not what you like, but, um, you know, he got corrected by Daniel Georgieski. He's like, I think that's Lachlan Scott. Yeah, it isn't. <laughs> Lachlan Scott's actually a pretty top player. Uh, he, he was, yeah. I mean, he... He was a bit young, I think, that he got thrown out there a bit too early when he was there with um, Western Sydney. But, you know, he's, he's decent. He scored a goal at Campbelltown Stadium against Newcastle Jets, so he's not awful. Um, and he was captaining the side for Wollongong last night. Decent crowd for a midweek fixture. They got 2,100 and something out there. Um, yeah, and they made plenty of noise. But it wasn't to be for the Wolves, um, despite the red card. And, you know, I thought it was a pretty dodgy situation, dodgy decision from the ref. Definitely influenced by the home crowd. Um, you know, there's a bit of push and shove. There's nothing too bad about it. I think you give a yellow and maybe a pen, but to send him off was a bit harsh in my opinion. But, um, yeah, Birgitte was happy about it. They subbed off an on-field player and uh, Yaron Souza came on for Central Coast. And it brings up a question. I'm actually not sure about it. Do FFA Cup cards carry over in the league? I think if you're running a genuine competition, they should. Yeah, you hope so. Yeah. If they want to take themselves legitimately, then yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if APL hadn't thought about that because it hasn't really happened yet. Yeah, uh, that <laughs> wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, PK League. But um, no, nah, either way, we get Yaron Sozer, who's, you know, I think he's come from Turkey or somewhere, so he's not, like, terrible, but um, second string keeper for the Mariners. So maybe a bit of uh, nerves there, particularly if the, the uh, Bulls supporters get nice and rowdy. Or we get to boo Birgitte again and we get to undermine his goal kicks and, and make him kick him over the sideline again. So either way, it works for us. Yeah, I just hope at um, Penrith that oh, is the stands close to the pitch there or? Somewhat. I mean, it's a decent NRL stadium. Uh, yeah, it's it's not going to be great for active support. Like, they're going to be stuck in the corner again. 
Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a decent little ground. It's like it's not a very steep pitch yeah. uh, of of the stands. Like you're going to be if you're up the back in the middle, you're going to be a fair way away from the pitch. But um, you know, it'll be a good good little occasion, chance to go somewhere different, visit New South Wales. You can't go overseas, so like you know, what can you do? Go to Penrith, hit up some pubs for the game. Yeah, get a bit rowdy. Yeah, we love it. Uh, but no, Central Coast, they ended up uh, overcoming the Wollongong Wolves. I think Wollongong's only been training for the last five weeks or so. Obviously, COVID affected their season, just like it did the Northbridge Wolves. It'll be good next year when there's a unaffected <laughs> season for these NPL slides. And yeah, we can get a fair assessment of them in the yeah. cup. Because they've, they've done pretty well so far, like the bigger slides like Sydney Olympic and um, Wollongong yeah. last night that sort of bring it to his A-League teams. So. Yeah, and, and you know, Wollongong, it's no secret, they have ambitions of being an A-League side as well when we do the next expansion. I don't think that um, they've necessarily got the same sort of financial backing as we do. I think that's the main sticking point with them, but it'd be a good little thing to have in the league. I think that would actually end up, uh, over time, being our main derby. Remember, I think it was last year, or like Maybe two or three years ago, actually. They're like trying to, trying to sign Ronaldinho for a one game contract. Yeah, 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 because they were playing against Sydney FC in the cup. Yeah. Uh, didn't didn't happen. Oh, imagine. Yeah. I, I want to live in that reality. No COVID. Yeah, that's the same reality where Federici scored an overhead bicycle. Yeah. We'll be there one day. Yeah, one day. We'll get him back for one game. <laughs> get up there. Uh, but no, so yeah, Sid- oh, sorry. Fucking Central Coast Mariners <laughs> defeated uh, Wollongong Wolves 2 1. I mean, at the very start of the game, after that 1-0 going up against the Mariners, uh, the Wolves were really up for it, like fighting, winning the 50-50s, uh, getting under the skin. There was a few niggly challenges going in, and it, it really unnerved the Mariners, it looked like, for a while. Um, but as the course of the game went on, you just saw the Mariners' quality, you know, as an A-League side, just overshine the NPL, uh, you know, NPL winners in 2019. Wollongong Wolves. Yeah. I think that is very much lack fitness. There was a few, you know, tired challenges and and just moments where the guys looked like they were running in quicksand um, against the A League opposition. And to be fair to Central Coast, uh, Marcus Serenio, when he came on, he was in a few really good positions and just couldn't finish it. He was he left his shooting boots on the sideline, and they could have easily done it four one, even with a man down. Um, mostly thanks to the quality of Oli Bazanich and Josh Nisbet. Nisbet looks like he's gone up another level this year. Yeah, I watched the game. I think it was the first game when they versed Newcastle and yeah. he was quality. So it's going to be causing us a lot of trouble. Yes. Yeah. They're playing him up front now. Well, they were. So he was back in midfield last night. Oh, okay. um, but, I mean, it tells you all you need to know about that kind of player. If he's a central midfielder, you can play him up front. He's not winning any balls in the air and he's still is diminutive and, and getting in behind, scoring goals. Um, tells you all you need to know. And one thing I noticed a lot, especially uh, Central Coast's first goal last night, Nisbet was able to sort of drift in to the box quite a lot late on. And if you cast your mind back to the first home game at Campbelltown, it's exactly what he did. Um, he set, put it on a platter for Daniel De Silva after ghosting in, getting it at the back post, take it to the byline, and then the cross in and De Silva buried it. Um, so we've really got to watch him and I think you stick someone like Charles Mamba on him, it'll be alright. Or you could put much on him and he'll just bully him. Yeah, I think it's still a tough ask. 
Mm. It'll, it'll be tough to you know keep him as motionless as Sydney FC's attacking for away. But, <laughs> um, but he's one to watch for sure. Yeah, he's he's quality. Mm. So um, yeah, as well as that, uh, Arenia went on, and I don't think the intention from Nick Montgomery, Central Coast coach, was to bring Arenia on. I think he wanted to stick with the young lads that were up there. Um, but he had to late on because they still had an equalised by like the 60th minute. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think Irene was meant to play and he looked a little bit, you know, out of sorts. He was a bit pissed off to be on there. Uh, so maybe he's a bit short of a gallop as well and that could sort of figure in for us as well on the weekend. Um, you know, I don't think that tightness will necessarily carry over to Sunday, but there were a few players who did 90 minutes there where we didn't have to and maybe that could fixture into how we'll end up playing. I hope... I really hope on the weekend we'll, we'll take it to them. We have to treat it seriously like we would Sydney FC because uh, Central Coast aren't the Central Coast of old. You know, they're not just a banter club, but we can roll up, take the piss and take three points. We're going to have to take it to them because they've got a lot of fight about them. Yeah, but I don't think they're the same Central Coast of last season. True. Well, the first half of last season mm. where, you know, they're just running riot, scoring goals left, front and centre. Yeah. But there's going to be a tough ask. It's going to be another very physical game, I think. And I think we're going to pick up a lot more yellow cards yet again. Um, it'll, there'll come a point where there'll be like three game weeks where each one of our centre-backs is just out because they've accumulated to many yellows. And, and that's why we have Mariapa. There we go. Ante. Things are ahead. Playing four-dimensional chess. Always one step ahead. That's right. Um, I just hope that we keep another clean sheet. I think it's really huge for our confidence that we're able to just, you know, say, oh, we've got the right platform. That'll give the boys up front a bit more confidence because they can take those risks that, you know, you need to take to be able to break defences down. Yeah. If they can go, oh, we're going to lose this ball, I'm not going to have to worry like it's going to go down the other end and score and that eventually it's going to be traced back to me. Like, if, if we can get Jova, Sush and uh, Uskok working well together, right? the boys in front of them will do the, do the business for them. question I have as well is where are our goals going to come from? We scored two from two games. It's good, but it's not great. And they both come courtesy of Lockie Rose, who is on fire, but we want to start seeing those goals being shared around a bit. Yeah. I think you can sort of discount the Wellington game. Like We didn't create much there, obviously, but I think realistically we could have scored three from open play on a different day because mm. you can... Kashimai back to, I think it was a free kick from the VR. It just lands in the box. It finds Uzcock, who mishits it. Yeah. It falls to Shushna, who has a swing at it. And then it falls to Jovanovic, who like doesn't get much behind it and goes right to the keeper. Yeah. Like, if that ball doesn't fall to our three centre backs, it's probably maybe it's in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, but, you know, after the Sydney game, I'm. I'm confident we'll be able to create more clear goal-scoring chances. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, who do you think is going to score the goals? Do you think we'll score more than one? And ultimately, what is your prediction? I'm feeling a, a 2-1, I think, MacArthur win. Um, I, I feel like it would be rude to say that Lucky Rose isn't going to score. So I think Lucky Rose will get one mm. in the first half. Um mm. And then I reckon I can be I can get on the score sheet. I think we've said it both weeks. Yeah. <laughs> He's gonna get on the, on the score sheet, but 
I mean it this time. <laughs> I mean it this time. He's gonna he's gonna score one. And then uh, I think Nisbet will have a score or assist one. He's just he's too good. Right. Well, I'm a bit more optimistic. I think we're in for a two 0 Two 0 Possibly three. Oh, yeah. Right. Like like a a hard hard two 0 soft three. Right. Um. I think Lockie Rose gets on the score sheet again. He's been nigh unplayable recently. Just the runs he's making, it's causing a lot of problems for defenders. Um, it's a good shout under Villa, but I reckon Daniel De Silva will score against his previous club. Yeah, I, I like that. A bit, of, a bit of drama. Do you reckon he'll celebrate? Yeah, he has to. Yeah. Otherwise, we're leaving him in pattern. <laughs> um, but no, nah, it'll, be, it'll be a good matchup. I think uh, I think we'll actually keep a clean sheet as well. I didn't see enough from... The Central Coast to really worry us. I mean, they will definitely sit back. They they'll be happy with us having the ball. Yeah, like, and that was transition like they did last year. It'll be one of those games where we have like seventy percent possession. I think because mm. same thing happened against Newcastle, and obviously Newcastle are a little bit better this year. Yeah. Um, but I think in that game, Newcastle had like high sixty percent possession, mm. and. Well, I mean, they lost last weekend to Wellington in Wollongong. Um, so they're not like, you know, world beaters by any stretch. Yeah. They'll want to improve on that, um, you know, performance and they'll feel probably a bit buoyed about coming back from 1-0 down with 10 men, even if it is only an NPL opposition. Um, the last man we're going to talk about is Moraes. Now, he's their new striker from Brazil. Um, I don't know too much about him, honestly, but seeing the way he played last night, Linking up on the left with the likes of Nisbet and Lewis Miller, even Arania late on. Um, it was really good to see from a Mariners perspective. Uh, he's got that fancy sort of one-touch football and he's, he can find a finish as well. So I think he's going to be have to be one that we marshal really carefully. Got to be careful with him dribbling in the box and all that sort of stuff. Um, he's, he scored a decent goal on the on Wednesday night as well. So we've got, to, we've got to keep an eye on him, but I think we can shut him down. Yeah, I think I think I did see him play in the, it might have been the Newcastle game. Yeah, well. he's got the blonde hair. Yeah, blonde hair. I could definitely see him winning the pen against, you know, one of, our, one, one of our centre-backs, just pick one. Mm. Just stick their leg out. Yeah. But if, I think if we're disciplined like we were against Sydney in the midfield, yeah, we'll stop the supply for them and anything in the air will eat up, like, unless yeah. Simon's starting. Because you know how he is. Yeah, combative. It's in there. Yeah, you heard about yeah. But Shuznar and Jovanovic and Uskok will all be after that. Mm. If if uh, Simon's starting. But yeah, we just got to watch the transition. Same story as last season with them. I mean, they were for a time our bogey side, and then we sort of had our best moment as a club against them in the semi final. So who knows how it's going to go? Personally, I'd love to see more Charles Mamba magic. Oh yeah. But I think with the role that he's given uh, this season. He's going to be much more screening the back four. Oh, sorry, the back three now. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, did, it did have that speculative... Uh, it wasn't ball, far off. Volley. No, it was only, only just wide. Well hit. Yeah. He gets the other side of the ball, maybe it's sneaking in the bottom corner. He can do it. He's got it in his locker. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I'm changing it. We're going to have Daniel De Silva. Sorry, Lockie, but um, we're going to have Daniel De Silva score against his old club. And why not? Charles from outside the box coming off of the... Um, out from the corner, defended well, and then bang. Why not? Maybe you can have three. Maybe Lockheed can score another tackle. Well, we'll see. We'll see that <laughs> on the weekend. 
whether or not we're horribly wrong yet again in our predictions. I, I think last season we were, we were very good with our score predictions, actually. Yeah. And this season, not so good. far. But hey, clubs in disarray, so like, yeah. well, you know, give us a break. <laughs> we've, had, we've had a good week. Yeah. Now I just need to get back to Campbelltown Stadium. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to that. By the, by the looks of things, we should be back there on, I think it's the 19th. We play against Newcastle. So, you know, it'd be nice to not have to drive, you know, for an hour or so to get to the game. Do we have any more home games before then? No, no, because we're away. Right. I think we're away. We're away against Wanderers the week after and then we can come home again. Okay, so we've got, got Mariners this weekend, then I believe it's the FFA Cup tie. Yep. And then Wanderers. Wanderers and then Newcastle home. Yeah. Right. And then we play, I think it's... Sydney at home on the 26th, assuming that we've got the pitch ready by then as well. Yeah. Uh, that'll be a big occasion. If we can if we can beat the Mariners, carry a good performance into the Wanderers, there's no reason why we can't be top of the table by Christmas. But only wish list, guys. Yeah. Top of, the table. Here. <laughs> top of the table for Christmas. Yeah. That's what I'm the only present I want to unwrap. <laughs> it's another Lucky Rose girl. Yeah. Oh, that's, um, that's a shocking way to end the episode. I'm sorry. But yeah, looking forward, <laughs> I think I think we're in with a chance. Maybe like you'd expect a tough one against Wanderers, like maybe a draw. I could see happening there. But then Newcastle, depending on their day, could be a win for us or maybe a draw there as well. Yeah. So ideally, undefeated at the very least, undefeated going into Christmas. That's what we want to see. Yeah. It'd be good. The Invincibles. Yeah, why not? I mean, isn't that the old saying? If you're top at Christmas, you've done that, like three quarters of the job. Not when the league starts. <laughs> yeah. Starts in like November, I don't think. You just got to believe, lads. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's football, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much for tuning into another Full Banter episode. We hope you like the stuff that we put out for you. Um, yeah, make sure that you like and subscribe, share it around. We've got a massive response from last week's episode, so let's keep building, let's keep it going, and uh, of course, as always, go you balls.